Welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I am your main host, Ryan, from the Moon is Dead World Dunnet. <laughs> and I am joined with the secondary co-host. <laughs> Second secondary co-host. Right. Wow. Yeah. wow, not even just co-host. Secondary. No, the, the cat is the co-host. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And you're just secondary cat. The cat's around somewhere, but he couldn't be bothered. Oh. So But you didn't say your name though. Who are you? Well, it doesn't matter at this point. Are you a clown? You're one of those clowns that's taking over the the entire United States? Could be. You gotta be careful about those clowns. You know, they they do want to podcast illegally. <laughs> Pirate radio podcasting. That's right. Trying to take over your spot. Isn't the isn't the clown the perfect metaphor for what's going on in America right now? It's, there's a lot sh- of shenanigans around. There are a lot of there's a lot of clowning around, I will say that. But uh, I don't think anybody really has anything to worry about with killer clowns around. Unless they came from outer space. <laughs> Got nothing to worry about. Should go out and ask them if you see one, if they know any good tricks. Yeah, they probably do. You know, you can't just... I think there's a rule, like, you can't just buy a clown costume and not have at least one thing to do. One interesting, like... You know, parlor trick. 15 seconds of fame to do. <laughs> Gotta have something. Anyway, we are back today, continuing our Halloween series. Um, and now we're finally into October. We just kind of started early. Well, we do have seven films to get through. We do, we do. So, um, and I don't think we're actually going to get through all seven by the time Halloween's up. We'll see. We're going to try, but I know we're going we're gonna to be off next week. Because I'm going on vacation. And uh, I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights. So it's not like I'm skipping out on Halloween stuff or anything think, like that. I but think you are. Nope. Nothing scary about the Florida Everglades. Hurricane. It's pretty scary <laughs> right now. There's Halloween Horror Nights. It's pretty scary here. So I'm very excited. So we're going we're gonna to miss out on Saw next week. Uh, but this week we're covering um, the third installment of the Saw... Septillion? I think is that the is that the right word for no, you're seven the, movies in a series? I don't even really know what the what the correct word is. You're the you're the English. I'm gonna man, assume so. that's the word. You'd be a very bad English major if you don't know. Well, no, because most of the time people don't refer to a seven series movie. They don't they don't you know, that's not a common thing. But I don't know. No, it's well, I can't be septillion because that's that's an actual like large number. That's not. If I think once you get past the trilogy, it's just too many damn films. Yeah, especially in the horror genre. I don't know if there is like a specific word for it. No, there probably isn't. I'm looking for it, but I can't find it. The English language. I know there's like quadrilogy, so maybe it's septilogy. 
Because it is going to be sept. It's going to be. It's fucking oh, going to be sept. Septology. Maybe it's septology. I don't know. We're looking up right now, but. <laughs> well, obviously. Doesn't even really matter. Yeah. Oh. Heptology. Heptology is, is seven. Oh. Didn't know that, but well, we learned it now. Well, th- like, I, like I said before. We wasted, like, <laughs> two minutes on looking it up. Well, like I said before, the English language, we, we're a very descriptive language. We have a word for everything. Oh, sure we do. We sure don't, we do. We don't need a word for two weeks, but we got a word for it. Yep. It's for, Fortnite. It looks like it can be heptology or septology. Although that one comes from Wiktionary, so who knows if that's correct. Oh, who knows? But anyway, we're uh, we're on number three of in our, the septology of our saw marathon of our saw marathon for and Halloween. That's a lot of things to keep track of, right there. That is a lot. That's why it's just simply called Halloween series saw whatever the installment is. Well, I think you're giving I, it a very long name like well, I no. normally do. Well, I think you're complicating it by calling it the Halloween series, because then people are probably thinking, they're talking about Halloween. Good, then maybe they'll listen even more. <laughs> be like, where the, well, okay, okay, they did Saw 3, but where the fuck is Halloween in here? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, how, so how are you holding up? I should ask you that, because you haven't seen any of the Saw series before now. Nope. You were okay with Saw, Saw 2 really griped on you a little bit. Um... Now we're on Saw 3. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm starting to... Are you starting to weary of yeah, the I, torture porn genre already? I've hit the wall hard. And, and 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 we'll talk about it more as we talk about the film, but look, the first Saw film I liked. I, I think, I'm pretty sure I gave it 6 out of 10. So yeah, I, something, something like so that. So I'd say it's above average. I can see where it was going, I think, just mainly with that film. Editing and kind of some of the directional choices and casting... Sucked. But I think the concept is it's a great concept. And it could, you know, work really well in horror. I think Saw 2, they took the things that were bad with Saw 1, amped it up. And it didn't help at all. That really didn't really improve that much. Mm-hmm. It didn't, actually it didn't improve at all from the first one. They just tried to make it bigger by having two games go on at once. Convoluted. Make it, you know, more complicated. Now Saw 3... It's just doing the same thing. It's taking the, it's taking the annoyances of the first two films and just ampling, amping it up even more. It's true, and that and I'm, that's where I've hit my wall. Well, I think you can say that as we move through the series. You know, no one's really. I don't. I don't think you're really expecting it to get better as we move through. Mm. Uh, well, you're no, expecting well, it to get like exponentially worse. I am okay. I, like I said, like, yeah, you're right. Because I don't think, for the most part, horror films don't get better. Like, usually, the original is the best. I said usually. I know it's not always the case because I wouldn't say that with like Friday the Thirteenth. I don't think the first one's the best one. But mm-hmm. you know, Halloween. I would say you know it's pretty much the case. But and then like you know with uh, Romero's Dead series, I would say you know. The first three, night, dawn, and day, are all fucking great, and then it goes. But, but for the most part, excluding some, you know, outliers, usually it's the first ones that's the best. Even if it's like a bad, you know, film franchise that didn't deserve to have sequels, right? But still, somehow got sequels. Usually, it's the first one you'd look back like, yeah, that's the best one out of them all. And if they do go on for like a continuous long time. Like, say they do, like, six, seven films. Usually around the halfway point, you'll get, like, one that's, you know, kind of an outlier in that case, too. Which is like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty, you know, not 
too bad, but yeah. But other than that, it's all you know downhill. So I, I like I said, I didn't expect anything past the first one to probably be good. Maybe except like if I had to guess, um, when like for me probably like if I was like go, like going in blind to this, if I had to guess when like probably the next best film would be in this, I'd probably say it'd be either Saw four or five. Mm. I haven't seen it, but I'm just imagine like just from nor- like from normal trends. It'll probably by like you know like fourth or fifth film. It'll probably have some fresh blood in there, and somebody has some new ideas to get things going. Mm-hmm. And you know, like oh yeah, that one's you know. Yeah, I I we haven't really started to see that the traps are getting super elaborate yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a little bit more advanced uh, mechanically than what we would see in like Saw Two. What we saw, mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit more advanced mechanically, um, but they haven't really gotten super complex yet because we haven't hit that point in the series where it's like okay we basically did all of these things now well that i think the first uh, the first film the trap is them being bound you know to the walls and the chains but i think the more emphasis the emphasis is on the game aspect that it's a game and i think as the films have gone on so far by the third one it's it's traps over the game of trying to get out of the trap mm. It's, you got that yeah. shift. I mean, granted, that makes sense, you know, narratively speaking. Yeah, I mean, they kind of had to go, so they they couldn't have somebody trapped in another room, and it's like, here's your here's your full game to get out again, because that's, you know, it doesn't work. I, but at the same time, you could say the games do get a little bit more elaborate, because how you think, you're supposed to think, like, this is the game and track yeah, for them, but you now have to, to keep track of, like, this is a game within a game that's happening, and then this game is happening in another game that's happening. You mm-hmm. got to try to, yeah. you know, and I think we'll talk about it a little bit, bit more. But Saw Two did it a little bit, but Saw Three is now getting into that like meta commentary of like this is a game within a game within a game, and you have to like remember and try to figure out like okay, so whose game is this really, and where you know where am I situated in the gameplay? You know, yeah. it's like playing. Grand Theft Auto, and they've got those little, like, arcade games inside. And you're, like, playing an arcade yeah. game inside the game. It's it's kind of the same same direction that they're going with in the Saw series now, is that they're getting more elaborate. They've got to, got to keep tying it back to the original somehow. And we haven't even hit the point where things are now happening, like, in the future, but actually they were set up in the past, which we'll see in later Saw films, like... Well you, do, cause we, well, you do get that a little bit. In this, a little so bit, that... but not to the point where the entire movie is set... Around the past. Around the past. Like, this is all stuff that happened in the past. Because now we see in this film, so it seems Jigsaw has has been killed, and so has Amanda. So, at that point, it's like, it's kind of like that, uh, you know, where they kill off Jason, and then he comes back in another film, and well, it's like, Jason lives! Well, no, like, no! Well, I guess, oh, I'm sure probably they thought, like, maybe, in, like, you know, for, uh... Lee Wandell, and then they were probably thinking, like, this is it! You know, this is it. And mm-hmm. they, so they probably wrote it that way, you know, framed in James Wan, and they probably framed it that way, thinking, like, this is it, we're, and, like, after this, we're done. Yeah. So they probably wrote it, like, you know, like that. But then, because Saw's still making a bunch of money, Lionsgate's like, nah, 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 we're gonna, you know, we're yeah. gonna... I mean, I think there was always some, like... They were thinking, yeah, maybe we could bring it to a new film, but are we really going to? And there's always that question of whether the 
writers really wanted to go any further than this. Did oh. they really want to? And for Lee Wanell, no, not really. I mean, he doesn't return for Saw 4. Well, to be fair, even if, okay, like, say even if, with, well, the same, yeah, and, and I think uh, James Wan doesn't return either. Well, no, he didn't do the first, he didn't do the uh, third one at all. That was Darren well, Lynn I know, but what is he, he produced it, though. Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, I think he did. I don't know, I mean... And sometimes you just get a production credit because you were you were a yeah. part of the you know so yeah I mean I imagine they probably asked him like a few things he probably like, yeah, sure whatever sure yeah. but any but anywho I imagine even if this film was supposed to be the conclusion of like like this trilogy even if they decide okay no we're not gonna end it like you know even though like from what this film presents that like this is it it's over with you know the story's basically over with yeah for a jigsaw. Even so, you could run. With, you could do a sequel and not have to be about Jigsaw. You could mm-hmm. have the, the next f- set of films be about like the same idea. Someone else who's taking up the mantle. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't. Ha- you, so it doesn't have to end there. Yeah, yeah. So you could. If I think if you looked at it, like surface, like oh yeah, like it would be kind of like oh you wrote yourself into a corner. It's like not really. You could just. Yeah. If they wanted to make another film, just be. Like, well, Jigsaw's a famous serial killer and whatnot. Now you could have any, somebody else, you yeah. know. And, yeah, I mean, you kind of start to see that as things kind of loop around each other. So, But we haven't gotten there yet. We're still talking about Saw 3. So we'll stick to Saw 3 for now. And since you haven't seen the other ones, you can't really comment too much on it. I mean, you know some certain points of it, but, yeah. but that. So let's take a break right now and uh, talk about our, our beer life. And uh, have you had anything new lately? Just what you gave me today. Just what you, yeah, you haven't been experimenting a lot. No, lately. I'm I'm sinking into the working class habit of just buying the same cheap s- stuff all the s- time. Yeah, Jenny Cream Ale. I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah. Well, we got to fix that because you got to get got to st- keep trying expen- some new stuff. Well, it's too expensive. Well, it is expensive, <laughs> but not if you're not if you have like one a night or something like that. Oh come on. That's what I do. Well. My job's a little. More than, <laughs> I, my job's more than one beer a night. I do. I do one beer a night, but then I will also maybe have you know some liquor because the other night I did have a Coke and black rum. See, I don't have liquor though. Well, you got to get some. I, well, I have an no. entire bar out there, so yeah, that's why I don't get liquor. You have if I, as I told our friend Matt the other day, I said I don't have to get a bar. Ryan's got a bar all prepped and ready. I can just right. <laughs> yeah, just drive over, have a whole bar. Well, well, that's what happens when you have people give you for your wedding and yeah, and your housewarming gifts and Christmas like bottles of liquor. You get a bar. In general, the only thing I don't have really is the mixers for it. So that would be something you'd have to bring yourself. So if you wanted something specific for your mixer, if you wanted bitters, I don't have them. Sorry, <laughs> I won't make bitters. Yeah, I don't have them, but. Uh, so yeah, tonight um, we we stuck with the saw. Uh, the saw. <laughs> I swapped a couple letters there. The Sam Adams pack that we um, had tried last time. Uh, this is still the like their fall pack, but we had some beers that we haven't had before in that pack because um, I haven't really had a chance to drink a whole lot of them. Well, no, I said not like that. Another reason why I haven't really been buying newer beer too. Just nothing, like I said, nothing's really caught like like made me. Like has caught my eye. Like that's like a new thing. Like if if I were to buy like a like a twelve pack craft, it'd be like something like familiar. Like I would like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'll get like a Saranac twelve pack of pale ale. I know, or we're, or something. Just because, like I said, like for the most part, it's just you know, like we're kind of running out of like things that we haven't tried around here. Things that we get often around. I here. almost feel like the selection's getting thinner and thinner. It probably is because they're probably finding people don't. 
buy it. So why reorder it or why order anything? Well, because usually, companies well, that say, well, well, it's the because usually the places around here they have the guys are just like order it. Like yeah, well, like and they're probably like we we went to uh, Nafes and got like those you know like Merry Mischiefs and whatnot. They're, they they always order shit that they don't like you know, aren't gonna yeah, sell. They do, but, but they keep it around too. Like if you go in there, you'll see dust on the on the well, know, bottles and because they, they've had them for forever. Well, you got you yeah, definitely have to check their yeah, expiration dates to see if they're actually still good because they'll keep them around forever. I know, but like at the same time, like um, how I mentioned like a couple podcasts ago, the two roads, Rosemary Baby, mm-hmm. that was there Gone already. It was only there for a week, and all their stuff was there. Was like they had like uh like two six packs of like five different mm-hmm. of their beers. Got a bunch of stuff. And they're already gone. Yep. And you know what? I don't think, and I find it very hard to believe somebody came in, like a bunch of people came in there and got that. <laughs> they bought them all. <laughs> not just one, not just one person, but some, like somebody came. Yeah. I, I imagine probably they, somebody came like, oh, we weren't meant to give you that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how we, we get such a limited selection sometimes. Cause I want, cause I want it. Like, you know, I want yeah. to try that. You want to try different things and it's hard when you go to like a new area like if when you travel and i know you don't really travel that often no i'm too poor <laughs> but uh when like when i travel i always try the beers in that area because it's like when are you gonna get them anymore you're not gonna you're not gonna get them when you are back home yeah, you just it, can't yeah because if you're not a, you know bigger yeah craft not a big city or something like that you're not gonna get any of those you know, and just like the, just to think about like, local ones. yeah, just to think of, even about like that, like like how like we had like a month and a half, two months ago, Narragansett, a mm-hmm. beer that I like a lot. It's you know from Rhode Island. Yeah, it, just until recently, I don't know how long the local grocery store is going to keep it. Yeah, we didn't have it. Just got it. Just and, got Narragansett. Yeah. So it's and that, and that's not even the craft beer. That's you know. Yep. That's a cheaper beer, but I know. that's weird. But anyways, we're sticking to the the Sam Adams and. Uh, Tonight we we both tried um, their first. We tried the uh, toasted caramel Bach, Bach and um, that one was pretty good. It has a, a slight caramel taste to it. Not not really super heavy on the caramel. I, I I thought it was okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was really caramely enough. Not it's not a very caramely beer. Uh, more on the toasted side. I wouldn't even say it's really. It's not really. To- it's no, not, I got a little bit I of feel like toasted for, I feel like, to it. But. I feel like. It's not really toasty, it's not really caramel, and it's not really bocky. It's mm. just ki- kind of there. Yeah. Which which I will say the same thing about the next beer, too. Yeah, which the, we the, can... Yeah. The maple ale. The maple which, ale, yeah. Which would be something I would like, like a nice, like, sweet, you know, but malty, like, maple beer. Yeah. Wasn't very... I, I don't get maple very much at all. It's very beer. it's very faint. Yeah. And it's... I think... What kind of ale is it? Is it just, like, an amber ale, or...? Yeah, I would say, I don't know. I mean, I... It's hard to say because it does. You you said it right. I, it is kind of bland in the sense that there's not a whole lot of like pronounced taste to it. Um, it is an amber red slash red ale. That's what it is. And yeah, that's the thing though. It's just not very pronounced in any of it. It's of any taste, ca- uh, yeah. yeah. You don't really get much of of a maple sweetness. Yeah, or... there's nothing really that stands out about it, and it's... that's disappointing because that's something yeah. like like oh yeah, that's, that you know I would love to have that would like entice me to get that pack. But now that I've had it, it's like would Even... I would I get the pack? Yeah, no, because no. yeah. Even the sort of like. Even though it's you know it's classified as an amber slash red ale, I wouldn't say I get very much of the red ale 
commonalities that you would expect from something like that. I, I don't, you know, it's just very much akin to kind of malty, not really hoppy at all. Um, maybe just a hint of maple. Like if you, if you're like, actually, if you swallow and then you kind of like, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but you like, you swish around your palate a little bit. You may get a hint of that maple. But well, who, I, wants, who wants to do that with their beer? For God's sakes. Right. You're, that's why you're drinking beer. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see the maple all that much in it. Correct us if I'm, if we're wrong. I mean, if you taste a lot of maple in yours, maybe we got a bad batch or something, but I certainly don't, you know, I don't get a lot of maple in this at all, which is disappointing because, you know, in the other one that we tried last time, which was that uh, Bonfire Blonde, which was a smoky blonde. Well, I love it. a ton of smoke in I that. loved it because it was so smoky. Yeah, it is smoky. It literally tasted and, like you were, ta- you know, yeah. handfuls and, and of... And that definitely was a like a, a fall tasting beer because of that smoke and everything in there. But with this maple ale and even with the caramel bock, not really think... I didn't really think fall. Not even winter because caramel's... A lot of and, the time are, are a big you, part of winter packs. And you could say the same with maple, too. Yeah, and maple. Kind of a winter, winter like, style. Got, you, like, heartier. Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't say that I got either of those. I, I actually think they're... I was gonna. I was thinking they were going to be a little bit richer. And honestly, not... I didn't really get that at all from these. I, they're not even that hearty. They're kind of just mm. easy just drinking. Mm. And it's kind of... It's weird. I wasn't expecting that from these, to say the least. So... Um, and then le- I had a uh, their hoppy the hoppy red, mm-hmm. um, which I, I I do like it. It's kind of like how I, I do like my red ales to be a little more on like the hoppy side, leaning mm-hmm. more towards like a pale ale or IPA. Yeah. Um, but e- even still, I like I said, even though I like it, it's it doesn't scream fall to me. It no, I mean I don't really find red ales to begin with to be really you know like a fall. I can kind of see it. Um, that's what Flannel Friday is. The Harpoon beer that we had on here a couple weeks ago is a is a hoppy red ale. And but that's a little, that was like a little bit more milder on the hops. Yeah, I mean it had a nice hopness to it that made it like you know nice and sipping and refreshing. But this one's a lot, is hoppier than the yeah. Flannel Friday. I actually have to say that I like that one. I just had a sip of it because I haven't I haven't had it myself. But I actually like that. No, I don't. I, like I, I, I like it too. I just. Yeah. I think that's more probably, than the you know when we com- when we talk about the beers in that pack, which end up being a maple ale, the the toasted caramel bock, which we had um, in Oktoberfest, and um, Boston Lager and a bon- the bonfire. In the I said that I oh, said yeah. that first, um, and the hoppy red. Out of those, and I think there's one more too that I didn't mention. Um, so the Oktoberfest. Did they have a new pumpkin one? No, there's no pumpkin in that one. Um, so I'm I'm missing one I think, but but out of those, um, I would say that's probably my second favorite that I've had in that pack. I'd probably say my third, because yeah. it'd be Oktoberfest, yeah. then the Bonfire Blonde. I think me. mine would be Oktoberfest, the uh, Hoppy Red, then the Bonfire Blonde, and then probably, I think the Toasted Caramel, and then the Maple. Yeah. I- and then, you know, Boston Auger fits somewhere in between there. I would it's, even, it's well, a staple. You don't well, really I would, need to I would, rank. I, I wouldn't even put yeah, it in you there. You don't really need it's... to rank that one because they've always got it. So it's kind of their staple. But So, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think we agree except to the bon, where the... Yeah, Bonfire. The... Yeah, I'm not a huge, huge fan of smoky taste. So I think that's probably why. But, I mean, the pack's okay, but it's definitely not... Um, 
I would say probably my favorite fall pack this year would be Saranax. The one with the Oktoberfest, um, the, all of their Marzen styles. There's all like the, three different yeah, Marzen. It's great. I, I think that's probably my favorite. And they didn't bring back the Darktober. They did not. Which is still... If, if they had had Darktober in that pack, untouchable. It would be like absolutely yeah. my favorite pack. I'd probably buy like, you know, what a, what 15 a, packs and keep them around What a year. great idea. Just okay, this pack's going to be just four different Marzen style beers. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a great idea. It's awesome. I, I wish they had brought back the Darktoberfest because that is a great beer. I love that one. I wish they had brought it back. But the other style of Marzins that they have in that pack are really good as well. So I, I really can't complain about that one at all. And, uh, you know, they're Black Forest Schwartz beer. Yeah. Which, like we, we brought up before, like, I'm surprised they got rid of it because that's one of their best beers. Mm-hmm. Hands down, one of their best beers. Mm-hmm. And. It's to me, it's idiotic that they would even think about getting rid of it because I know a lot of people like it too. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. They better keep it around. They, you know, they need, they need to bring back the white IPA too. Now that it's been like almost four or five years since I've had one. Yeah, I want to see if that it's like the same magic again. Like, oh, you smart bastards, <laughs> the white IPA. I can't believe you did that. Yeah, I know. I know. That is great. Well, that was brilliant. It was a great move. That was like it was a great move. I love the white IPA. All right, let's get into the meat of this Saw 3. Um, let's start <laughs> out with, first off, Eric Matthews, you know, uh, Donnie Wahlberg, he survives. Survive. He survives that that uh, second movie. And uh, I don't know about you, but I was, I was happy to see it. I know um, they were playing up uh, when the Saw 3 was coming out that he, he wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. He was saying he's done. You know, he wasn't going to be in Saw 3. Well, Faked us all out. Yes. Um, I don't know if you remember. I mean, you're the one that was going to the theater for I him, did but. see it in theaters. Uh, I don't know if I remember him playing up that he wasn't going to be in it, but, you know, it's nice to see. And, and the, the film doesn't even really keep that from you. Like, right away, it's like, oh, there he is. You know, he's chopping off his foot with a big cement block. Um. So it's nice to see that he's here. He gets a little, a few curse words in uh, at, at times, especially at the end of the film. We used uh, a clip of that for our opening. And I just like to hear him echo because it's hilarious. <laughs> which you, you can, which I will say, even like I know like what's going to happen a little bit in like some of the upcoming films, some of the points. You can tell kind of his appearance in this is kind of setting up for him to come back somehow. In the- yeah. It's not, you know. Yeah, because it wouldn't make any sense for him to just, you know, break, you know, break his ankle to get out of the chain, then, you know, drag himself around and... And then get killed. And and then they just drop that. Like, what happened to Donnie? Oh, he got lost in the warehouse and just... Because we have seen pretty much throughout the film that if someone didn't, like, have a violent demise that was shown on screen, they're probably not dead. (laughs) You know, they, you know, they have to be, like, gutted and intestines falling out their you know their bones all broken brain smashed in maimed and yeah that otherwise you know just seeing donnie all hunched over on the wall that doesn't mean he's dead that just means that they left him for now and we'll see more of it in a flashback in later films so (laughs) so uh it was nice to see a little old donnie back you know he's always i mean Say what you will about his acting, but at least he does bring some sort of personality. Yeah, personality just to the Saw franchise, which it, it's not 
it's not always the case with the characters that we get. Which, oh no, I totally agree with that. Which I mean, I think that's because the, everyone so far, even in the past two films, have been nothing but f- fucking wet paper. Well, I think we're and, working into like what your biggest problem with Saw Three was is that in general you didn't really care about any of the the main people that we think the games are about. So we have Jeff. Um, who is uh, a father who has lost his son to a, uh, a car accident. Goes through ten different accents throughout the film. <laughs> um, it, it's not even like uh, Carrie is just like, you know... With sw- an American and a British accent he, he, swapping. It almost sounds like, and you can tell, correct me if I'm wrong with my hearing, it sounded like he was going from an American to like a Latino to like an Australian to a New Zealander <laughs> to like a German and back to America. It kept sounding like, you know, he'd be like, I'm going to fucking kill you! And then he'd be like, what's... <laughs> What's going on here? And then, and then like, <laughs> I don't know if I noticed it as much as you. I, I guess I would have to go back. Maybe and I'm check just, it maybe out. I'm imagining things. But it sounded like to me like he was like he. Had, well, I think maybe part of that is that he's constantly like gritting his teeth and like spitting it, almost like you know. So he's got. That, I don't like, think that would. Muffled. Tra- I don't think that would translate from if he opens. Oh, no, no, if, I... if he opens his mouth, it sounds. Australian, in, and then, then when generally he when I'm his mad, teeth, I'm he's like, like mm, yeah. American. In general, when, when I'm mad, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> you know, I just, that, I just pops out like that. I get, you get mad, you forget how you speak normally, and I see how it could happen. But, no, I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't, I can't say. Your, 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 your DNA just slaps his back to the, yeah, mother, right. to the, whatever your motherland is. That's like. right, you just, yeah, you have a flashback <laughs> of where you were. Where you, uh, where your your family was raised, <laughs> but um, I, I can't say I noticed it, but I did notice, and I, I and it's it's with both Jeff um, and with Lynn, who is the the other side of this game, who they're kind of at odds with each other for mm. screen time. You know, they they it keeps cutting back and forth between those two games, but both of them, I would say, they do lack a certain personality. They lack a any like a, a pathos that the audience needs to really root for them in Which, any way, and I'll give it. This is where I'll give it the slight credit. It makes sense for them to kind of be total sticks in the mud, boring, personless bastards because she's cheating on him with somebody else and she's doing her Viking or whatever and just, you know, drif- yeah. drifting off to La La Land and he's, you know, been... Neglecting his kid. And his wife because he's obsessed about his son that got killed. So, in a sense, it make it does make sense for yeah. them to be kind of... Uh, yeah, to be, mean, kind, disconnected. To, be, to be disconnected, but at the same time, it's, yeah. th- that disconnection should be kind of connected as soon as you're kind of thrown in a scenario where that they're thrown and something should kind of click or something that makes them more relatable. Yeah. I don't think that and, like, and again, un- I I can understand like the, that, that disconnect, like why, like why you would want to have them. I can empathize with, with, you know, with how, you know, they're portrayed at the same time. It's not doing it any favors. Cause the, I don't want, like you shouldn't have to really empathize with them on that level. It shouldn't be something you know, yeah. I mean, I think that they're. I, I don't really think that we can um, say that 
we didn't need to empathize with him because we do. I I think that is it is the the film's fault in the direction that it takes that we don't really feel much for these characters. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying we don't have to empathize with them. That's why I'm. That's yeah. Part, that's the part part of the problem is because they lack such a personality and something you can kind of relate to. You can't empathize. You're just like yeah. you're, you know these people are fucking idiots, but. Which is a common horror trope that annoys me, where you, you, the cast is unlikable and you just yeah. But you know, so my point of saying like, my point is, I can understand, I can empathize with the idea of why they're disconnected, yeah, and why they're acting like that. But at the same time, they don't give me any reason to really empathize them as a whole as character. So. You don't yeah. give a shit. That's what. That's where I was kind of yeah, coming it's, from. Because I don't like. Like I said, I don't like. What as watching this film, I don't empathize. You know the characters, but I can understand why they're dull and boring. Yeah, is because of what happened to. But the same, like, you know, it's that's kind of like a cyclical thing. Like, it's like, well, I understand why they're. You know, per, they have no personality. It doesn't make me like them though. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a fine line that like Lee Wanell and James Wan have to have to, you know, step around because. They, I mean, you got to make them somewhat likable, but you also have to make sure that the audience understands why they're being tested by Jigsaw or else it just feels like a game. In this case, it is sort of a game that's unwinnable and not really meant to be won. It's not, it's, I mean, it is and it isn't. Jigsaw's idea of it is supposed to be won. But Amanda's version of the game is that she doesn't really want them to win. So they're at odds. And there's that, you know, we well, have... Not only, that, not only that, they give a really, like... The excuse they give for Jeff being in the game is because he's filled with such vengeance and he needs to let it go. Right. To learn, he has to learn how to, to let it go. To let it go so he can live his life. Yeah. They don't really, like, as you said, they don't really give Lynn they're just like, oh, she's got bad bedside manner. She's got, yeah. She had bed, bedside manner with uh, Jigsaw when she was telling him that he had cancer in the brain. So he didn't like that. Um, and I guess the other thing is that she is cheating on her husband. But is that, that as terrible of a thing that is, is that really not, yeah. is that not really appreciating life? I, I, I would have thought, if you can... You can say somebody who's living nothing but for vengeance is therefore not living because they're yeah, living in the past. Yeah, he's not really living. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes that sense. That makes sense. She's cheating on her husband doesn't really... She's out there living life. Because he's not, you know... because right, he's not living it. So, yeah, yeah I mean... So, does that... I mean, like I said, I'm not condoning adultery here. Yeah. No, yes, you are. No. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you... It, one yeah, in this sense, you, and this in one in this sense that does make sense. You, I can kind of empathize with that because some people say, "Well, why don't you just you know, you know, get a divorce or whatever?" It's not as simple as that. No, you know, they have a kid. There's and, not, and you know, life, and yeah. you may want insurance. You may want that comfort. <laughs> you know, the comfort of that life, but you know, yeah. if you're not, it's a very complicated issue. But at the same time. I'm not going to say her doing that, even if it is a terrible thing, or whether that person deserves it or not. I don't think that doesn't say she's not living life's right. full. It, it, it might be because she does her Viking or whatever. She lives in her pill dreams. But th- he doesn't say that, though. He doesn't say, like, you know, like, Plus, oh. Plus, well, yeah. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't mention it all. I don't like, think he does. We, yeah. we see that she's, const- you know, that she's doing pills. 
but we, we don't. But at the same but time, but he doesn't mention it as like like a flaw. Like you're falling back on drugs, to, you know. To yeah, but it doesn't. That doesn't necessarily. Even the film though doesn't really make that clear because we see her doing pills, but she has a very fucking stressful job. She's a neurosurgeon, and also we're operating on people in the ER that could die, like that, like a child yeah. that they show us that they show which snapped her out operating. of her out of her like you know being yeah. depressed. So. And- so what if she's taking regular medication that she's been prescribed that's not even, you know, a controlled substance? That could be something like uh, Celexa or something like that, De- like antidepressants that aren't controlled meds that won't affect your your ability to operate on somebody that we just don't know about. So, like, we're, we're given that, that um, sequence, but we don't know how to really take that in like what is that maybe it was fucking aspirin that was in a you know, you know but she's just taking it in a way that looks like 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 some how you stereotypically see somebody taking like controlled pills like yeah oh you know yeah no i mean i i understand what they're trying to make it out to be but since it doesn't really come up again and it's also you know i mean it makes a certain amount of sense that she has a stressful job and she obviously is going to have some sort of anxiety plus she lost a, a son as well. I mean, there's going to be some sort of anxiety in that life. And that doesn't necessarily mean that she's a bad doctor, that she can't handle her work, or that it's even affecting her. So, Which you know, she shows it isn't yeah. because she, you know. Yeah. So using that as a, a way to kind of justify Jigsaw's use of her is really not, I don't think it works for this film either. I think that they really, they needed a surgeon. And they also needed someone that would tie in with Jeff's storyline. And so they kind of made her character into that sort of twist. And, and it doesn't really necessarily work. And I, and I don't think you can make the excuse either that, uh, well, maybe cause you can't say like, well, she's not, in, you know, she's not in her own game. She's part of the game, which is true. She is part of a game, but she is at the same time. She's in her own game. She's she got to keep him alive. Yeah. Because, and she's got the shotgun collar. Which, you know, is goes back to the game of the game and the game yeah. of the game. But the same so but she it she is getting punished for doing something for not living life to the fullest. Yeah. And So I want <laughs> you you brought up the shotgun collar though, which is funny because don't you think like one of those shotguns would do it? One shell? Yeah. Yeah, one lo- one load of buckshot would do. One mm-hmm. of those would do it, but no, there's like six around her. Well, neck. just in case there's a misfire. I guess so, but six Six misfires. Well, you know, yeah. gotta make sure that head. No, I did. I just wanted to comment on you that. You gotta make sure quick. that head he- head's be go- blown clean <laughs> off there. Well, it wasn't even blown clean no, off. It was, it was just pretty you know, much like you've got no, you've got no skin left. It just yeah, <laughs> the pellets just rip. You know, poof, just yeah. rip the skin off. But I just wanted to comment on it real quick. But yeah, so I think that's a big problem. And you mentioned it that you didn't really care, especially about Jeff, because Jeff's story. In his game, they it really does feel disconnected from the other part of Saw 3, which is uh, Lynn two, trying to keep Jigsaw like, alive. It's like two different films, kind of. Yeah, it is. And the problem with that is that uh, Saw 3 focuses more on Lynn's part of it with Amanda uh, and Amanda's part of the game than it does on Jeff. Because for long periods of time, Jeff's game doesn't go anywhere. We don't see it. We see... You know, only three games within that game, three traps within that game, and there's a long stretch of time that I noticed between we, when yeah. we see like the surgery that from Lynn the, does from and, the, from the second game to the third one. Yeah, there's, there's like a, a long stretch yeah. of time. It's like w- when you were doing that surgery, what was Jeff doing? 
I think it's supposed to be like yeah, it is supposed know. to be around the same time. But I think that. But that, that that doesn't help yeah, because the film the, 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 the film doesn't really have a sense of time. No, it's it doesn't. Just, yeah, and that's a that's the problem with Jeff's game is that we kind of lose track of where he is in that because it takes such a long time to jump between the two stories, and then you have to flash back to Amanda's uh, stuff, and then yeah. like with you know Donnie Wahlberg and yeah, I don't even really think that we need that much of Amanda's stuff in this film. Because, like, we didn't need to see her during the kidnapping of the original two from Saw. I think it's like, supposed what? to just connect. It's just supposed it to, is supposed to connect. Uh, and, be, but, and be, like, a nice callback. Like, oh, so that's how, you know, yeah. uh, Jigsaw was able to do that. And that's why the keys. But ultimately, get, you know, it doesn't matter in that sense. Like, it doesn't matter who brought Adam to the original uh, bathroom. Well, no, because you're right. Because it's done and over with. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, the only way that the only reason that it matters is that Jigsaw involved Amanda in it from the first game that we've mm. seen, and it doesn't like you know other than that it doesn't add anything to it. It kind of forces the film to go back in time and just show flashbacks of oh yeah I remember that from Saw. Notice Carrie Elwes is not in this one. You don't see anything about him. You only see Adam. Oh hey, Tobin Bell has a goatee. Why does he have that goatee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so, I mean, I get what I get what they're doing with Amanda, um, but ultimately, it's a lot to, of it feels like it's pointless. And well, just, I think it's supposed to be setting up that she's like, well, it, it, it's, that sh- she's going to take over. For yeah, I mean, that's the point of the overall game in Saw Three is that it's a final test for Amanda. Can you actually take over for Jigsaw when um, he dies? When John dies and. Uh, He's pretty clearly found out that she can't. Because she's one a murderer. Thing, because she, most of the games that we've seen so far have been rigged so that really no one can win them. Um, and it, that kind of, you know, in a way the the sequel is is smart because it answers questions that a lot of people had about the previous ones. Like, oh, that re- that game really didn't seem fair. Would Jigsaw really do that? Because it didn't seem fair. And that's now, why that's now why, it can say, "Oh wait, he didn't do it." Well, that's why that's why I think like it, you have her call back to the first one because remember in the first one, the key to win, yeah, gets sucked down the drain. Yeah, so you got to have you know her you have her mess it up a little bit. And, yeah, her fuck it up. So like, oh, that's you know, yeah. So again, I'm fine with that, and that makes sense. And in fact, I kind of I, I do like that idea of like how. Things are kind like they are trying to connect things. Yeah, the continuity is there. You know, we've got and it and it feels like they planned everything out when you in know, actuality you know. we, they they did probably did not. But um, so it's nice. But I think that Soth in general, the franchise, um, gets stuck in its own loops too much, especially when it has to flash back all these times and you you have to return to previous films or previous events that happened in the film. Like in this one, in the <coughs> excuse me, in the conclusion, we have to flash back to like scenes that literally just happened like five minutes ago. In some points, just because the the film needs to punctuate what Jigsaw is saying, it's kind of like that anime you you talk about, where I think it's a Gundam, where they have to 
They like flashback oh. to an event that literally just occurred. Oh like, yeah, yeah, in no, the, yeah, in no. the episode. Like, Gu- yeah, Gundam Seed. Gundam Seed. Yeah. yeah. Gu- oh yeah. The worst. Which which flashes back to what a, um, a death. Yeah. No. H- halfway through the series, one of the minor and I do say minorest of minor characters gets killed. The next episode, they flash back to that death. 14 times. <laughs> I can't, like, I, I can't remember exactly, but I remember counting. The episode's only 23 epi- uh, twenty three minutes long, and they flash back to it, like, 14 fucking times. And I'm like, this just happened. Yeah. You don't, even if you're watching this when this is airing, this just aired last week. You don't, you, yeah. you, don't, you don't need that. You don't and I think see it over and over And again. I think after that episode, they had a recap episode, like, the past, <laughs> yeah. like, five episodes. Yeah. So I was like... It, but, it's also equivalent to The Walking Dead's Karen, uh, who you know, <laughs> becomes a recurring theme for no in that reason. Season, and as Martin likes to point out, she like we literally have no idea who she is throughout most of the show, and then she just she becomes a pivotal turning. She point. just shows up in Governor season three, right? Uh, yeah, I think it See, is. yeah, because season in the yeah, prison where they yeah, because season yeah, because season two season two is a uh, farm is the farm. So yeah, season three before Karen shows up on you know the prison, Andrea's dicking around in Mulberry Land or whatever the hell the governor's place is called, and she's just out on like you know lookout and she's like, and uh, some side character just says something and then Andrea says, "We gotta stick together, Karen." And it's like, who the fuck is Karen? Yep. Why are you saying this woman's name? And then like she just shows up randomly like one episode to have Andrea either bitch at her or say something her say something stupid, and then before you know it, she's. With Tyrese, and then then Carol kills her, and it's like, and Tyrese is all sad about it, and like, you killed her. It's like, who, who is Karen? Yep. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. It's like I got lost along the way. This char- you're trying to make me feel bad for this one character, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I have no re like, it's just, yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, it's like, we don't need to flash, it, it, that's really what it is, is that we don't need to flash back to a scene we just saw, you know. Ten minutes ago, it's like to tell us what happened. It's like an Independence Day with Boomer the dog. You know, Boomer. It's no, you know, can't have him. You know, intense slow motion jumping in because as people, we people for the most part love dogs. Yeah, golden retrievers. They're you know so iconic. Can't have them dying. Yeah, so it's like you will be like, oh yeah, the dog, oh the dog's safe. Yeah, yeah. good job. Yeah, feel good all around. When at the, at the end of the day, you're probably gonna feel like that made no fucking sense. <laughs> Boom. Um. So you weren't a huge fan of the of the overall plot itself, but what did you think of like the traps? Well, gotta get back to the plot first. I think if the film just focused it being on Lynn, Jigsaw, and Amanda, yeah, you'd have a much better film. Mm-hmm. Not saying a great film. I think it'd be much better though. I, I I think Jeff's I think Jeff's plot is mainly hindered by the fact that you said there's not as much screen time given. Yep. Two, his reaction to each trap is stupid, moronic, idiotic, and it may, like, no sympathy. Like, even if, like, I would, say I were him, like, my, and I had a son, and they were killed, and I, like, this woman's getting frozen to death because, and you have a chance to save her, but you don't have to because she could have told, you know, during trial... You know, she was a witness to the. She murder. was a witness, but she didn't say anything. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, even though I'd be like, I'm mad at you. I'm gonna be, like, I'm just gonna watch you freeze to death. Yeah, 
I mean, and the I, same thing with like the judge. Like, I'm gonna let watch you get drowned in pig guts because uh, you didn't sentence, you know, the guy to a harsh enough crime, even though it's you know punishment. Even though it even really, like I said, it almost like it sounded like from what I heard that it was a DUI. It was a drunk driver that hit and killed his kid. But when you f- flash back later to the killer, he's remorseful. He doesn't look like he's drunk at all. He looks like he's sober and it was an accident. And so I don't know what's going on with the continuity there. So, but like his reaction to the judge, like you didn't sentence him up to a harsh enough thing. It's like blame the prosecutor for probably not like having a harsh enough charge for this asshole. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it was like, you know, something like, I, I just like they, they don't go descriptive enough in like what right, that guy's that's the know. thing you're missing a lot of like what happened so even if we said okay the witness saw this this accident happen and everyone knows that she's a witness she gave a statement to the police if if people know she was a witness she didn't just drive off and pretend she didn't see it she might have said she might have said she's a witness so she gave a statement to the police and that she did not get called to the stand to testify. I mean, that's how our legal system works. Yeah. They said, no, no, actually, you know what? We don't want to call this witness. Because they're not a good witness. Right, because we don't want them. So that doesn't necessarily mean that she decided, I'm not going to testify against this guy. That just means that, for whatever reason, her witness testimony was not used. I mean, they court. said she ran away from the crime scene. But then but- how do they know that it's her? Jesus. Right, because how would you track her down if you knew that some person was at the crime scene and she saw it? And that's that's only hearsay. You could say, yeah, well, she the police, saw it, the police. No, I say the police might have tracked her down. Like, hey, we heard you at the crime scene. And she might be like, no, I wasn't. Like, well, you know, yeah. And they probably, you know, so it could be, but we don't know that. We don't. I, so that's why I'm saying, like, so like the whole what how he reacts to that situation yeah. is fucking idiotic. And he really doesn't know that. No, There's no way that he could know that. He just he just says like you could have saved my son like she couldn't have. Yeah. And then she's just like I'm sorry I was scared I ran away and yeah. Just... So it's but even still even if that's the case and we know like okay maybe she did run away she didn't get like you know she could have given a a detailed witness uh been a detailed witness that would have given the guy a you know a much stricter time in jail stricter punishment even still. I wouldn't say that's grounds, even within my rage, like, you you know, you could have done something, but you didn't, therefore, I'm gonna... Because what happens to these people is pretty brutal, and, uh-huh. I, and I wouldn't be able to, even with all my anger, be, yeah. like, be like, yeah, you know... You, well, and that's the thing, too, is that we have to bring up all the, like, the somewhat erroneous ways of how court would work, is that even if she did testify and say, yeah, that guy hit the kid on a bike unless he unless she made it sound like he was like revving his engine and rolling <laughs> down the road and like accelerating into the kid it's probably a, de- a, de- a defensive lawyer could yeah. be like are you absolutely certain it was you know did you see the the color of the car what was the color of the car what was the plate number what yeah. is, you know what is the detail how can you be so certain but that- even then it's pretty likely that he wouldn't serve like 15 years in jail for this this for a vehicular vehicular manslaughter. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I, so it's kind of hard to understand exactly what he was expecting to begin with. Like, was he going to get the death sentence for accidentally killing a you know a kid? And you say that from I've never experienced that, obviously. But it's the same, and I haven't experienced the grief of something like that. But like, 
just to think about it logically, like what would you expect in that situation, that scenario? What would what would be the proper, you know, recourse for something like well, that? Well, I mean, even still, like I mean, like, I haven't experienced that kind of grief either. But say if we were both put in that situation, yeah. if I was, if I was even, th- I'd hope you'd be like, no, and yeah. I, I would tell you the same thing. Like, look, I understand why you're mad and all that, but come on, you know, yeah, and. And the same, like I said, the same thing. Like the judge, like did he? And, and then with the when you find out, you find the guy that actually killed him. Did he deserve to have his bones brutally twisted and broken in such a way? Yeah, and you can see how this is a comment on our judicial system and our death penalty. But at the same time, that's also a little different than, and it's not as clear cut as. This guy did something bad. We sent him to the. We we well, give him the death penalty, and he is. Killed well, I think. I, well, I think that's also too why you, why you shouldn't have the people overall decide punishment, corporal punishment. Well, not, not even that. Just it doesn't have to even be like death or capital punishment. It's just because you know you hear like when you read like Facebook and people all the time like. Like, just with, with what's going on, like, today and, you know, things. Like, people say, like, well, if, you know, if they listen to the cops, they wouldn't have gotten shot. It's like, I don't think just because you didn't listen to the cops, you should be shot. <laughs> the, um, a lot of people claim to have read the Constitution, but I guarantee the Eighth Amendment might say something different, yeah. which is about cruel and unusual punishment. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's just, you know. Yeah. But, it's- I mean... So, like, I I think in a sense it's making, like, a commentary about, you know, people's judgment wa- and want for, you know, something that's probably... And I, and I, that's where I think, you know, Jigsaw's kind of... That's where I'll say it is smart, because Jigsaw is, you know, that is smart on his part. He's yeah. testing his, you know, lust for vengeance. And so, in a sense, I'll say the film's kind of smart. I... The film, I will say so far, the films are smart in the way they tackle Jigsaw and then, like, how he frames his games and whatnot. Yeah. But again, in this film, and I, and it, again, from a, saying, from a, from a, like, a standpoint of, like, the philosophy and the test are good. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, all the pieces add up, because, like, then, like, as we said, like, with the whole, with, like, Lynn and then, like, with these people, it, that doesn't make sense, but. And I'm not, well, I'm not saying this is dumb or stupid or anything, but, um, you can see how. This these games in here are kind of rigged as well, so that it, you can get out alive, but probably not in ho- whole pieces. You know what I mean? The only the only one that isn't, uh, no, I would say the one that isn't fr- rigged is the one for the judge because he just, might just get yeah. drowned by you know pig guts. That one is, yeah, that one isn't really. I mean, he has to burn his stuff, and that's psychologically damaging, but it's not like physically damaging and then he grabs a key and he just unlocks them that that one's pretty easy which he does succeed at but when you think about like um and actually the other one before that too the the freezing woman she um, could have been dead as i said she yeah. could have been dead before but, you even got there. they're banking on this fact well we got her strapped naked in a freezer you know hopefully she'll make it till he comes in that's below zero yeah well, hopefully she, he won't come in. She's already a frozen popsicle, you know. But even discounting that, I mean, that one is winnable as well, pretty easily. He he does have to, like, you know, maim himself. Yeah, like bit. take a strip off of his face. Um, but still, it's winnable, and that's probably one of my favorite traps in this movie, and and a lot of them actually, because 
it is winnable, and it's not super gory, but psychological. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is not so much like this person is getting brutally destroyed in front of me. It's more so that like, wow, this is fucking cold. I realize what she's going through, and uh, you know, with the water and everything. Well, like, the same thing. Horrible. Uh, well, the same. I, I agree. I do like that. That's my favorite trap of them all uh, in the film. But I will say, at the same time. It's winnable, but it's not winnable for her because it's real. Is her? It's relying total. I mean, Grant. I guess for all of them, I think the victims in those traps, they're not really winnable, even though they can be winnable because they're all relying on some that stranger's kindness to yeah, to yeah. do the deed. If, yeah, that's true. Like, because for be- her as be- a game, it's not really a game. It's just she's put it's in. Just like yeah. you're in this scenario. Yeah. So it's yeah so, yeah. so it's a little different from what not, we've seen previously too. So like, it's not about her and her trying to. It's about Jeff. Yeah. So she's just kind of like a your collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah, which is different and 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 a little bit uh, outside of like Jigsaw's norm for how he was but establish that, a game. But that breaks away from his norm though, because he says he despises murderers. Yeah. So if she, he's putting her as basically a pawn in Jeff's game, if there's no like if. He's not there, or the, they don't have a chance. So they're yeah. not really given. Maybe maybe there was a game previously that we didn't see that they lost, and that they yeah. Got, so but that, that, but he's still putting them yeah. into in, their death then. Well, and he does. I mean, he does in the other games too, and they lost, so they are put to death. But they're put to death by their, 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 their in, within that game itself. Yeah. So the game for her would be Unless, okay. You're freezing. Like, so you she, lost she, whatever game it was, and so, now you're freezing. Well, so she had to have been in that trap, uh, in that room then, that had the game, and then she lost, and then that's how she got trapped. Right. That's the only way it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Because, and we don't really see that, but... Because, like, the way it makes sense for, like, you know, with Donnie and in the first film, like, they had the game, but they lost, they get, you know, locked in the room. I mean, for the most part, with, like, the trap... Like, the whole idea of the traps is, if when they fail, you get to see the trap, you know, get set in action. But these are different. These are, yeah, these are a little bit different. And you could also say, like, well, what if Amanda designed these ones? Yeah, but he knows about them, though. Yeah, but he only knows what he can see, and he's sick, and so maybe she made them up so that, you know, instead of what he had designed for the trap, uh, where but, she but would have a key well, but, or something she could get to. Uh, but at the same time, he is, it's, he is, uh... He is having a game with her, so he probably yeah. If she so maybe yeah no you're right so that would make sense. Maybe yeah. she she did make the traps and they were unwinnable for those people, and he already knows that. That's why he's you know fucking with her. So. Yeah, which again though, but that's a, that's like a lot of convoluted. Loop. It is, and it just keeps getting more loopy yeah. after. But again, even if so, let's say he just he says he despises murders. So let's say that he knows that Amanda is fucking with these games and making them unwinnable. He's still an accomplice to that murder. Like you still, so say like you're like, in, well, because in his eyes, you could he would be able to explain away because obviously he is a murderer. He's putting people in these games, and then you yeah. know they have to figure it out to win. But if they don't, then it's because of their own fault and whatnot. So he doesn't see himself as a murderer. So I would, I can understand how if Amanda fucked with him, he's like, I, you, you know, you strayed from the rules, you strayed yeah. from the path. That doesn't make me a murderer. You're the one that did it. So yeah, I know. I can, but so if, you can see how he would rationalize it out. But you, can. you know, but you are right. It's like no, you're still like as the judge would say, you're still an accomplice. You yeah, know, you still did it because you knew that she was messing with it. And you could have just said, no, don't do that. 
you know, yeah. and then she wouldn't have. <laughs> so, it, you know, that, that part of it is kind of stretching it as well. But Or punished her again with the game. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, he goes through an elaborate series of games that pretty much cost many people their lives just be, that really they couldn't win their games just to make sure that she had a game. It's pretty intense. Um, so, yeah, we started about talking about the traps a little bit, but what did you think of the traps in this game? Or in this uh, film? For all the games. Uh, well, besides the shotgun collar and the uh, freezer, I just I don't really think much of them. Yeah. Um, I think the with the one which we mentioned the cop the female cop from the second one is yep. in this and she gets killed. Carrie, by, her name is. Um, Carrie. Okay, yep. Well, that's how memorable she was. You know, <laughs> her. Well, she's really not in it that much at all. I, mean, I know. She shows up just a little bit in the beginning. In the beginning, and then with her fine acting. And then, like, she, you know, she has a small part in Saw 2. No, she's there a bit. Because, well, she's there a little she, bit, but not... I mean, you know that they've had a relationship. I know, but, like, she goes out of her way in Saw 2 to be, like, stereotypical, damn it, you know, yeah. we're partners and, you know. Stereotypical um, cop banter. Yeah. But, yeah. All it needed was I'm too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> but no, like, so, I mean, her trap, I mean... Her trap and then the schoolroom one you can tell were obviously designed just for torture porn. Yeah. For this you know, for that sake, just to be violent and gross and What was the other one you said? The school what was it? The schoolroom, the chains. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, that, that's in the schoolroom. Yeah. yeah, those ones were for torture porn and, and you can definitely tell that Carrie's was um com- uh made by Amanda. Because that one was unwinnable. Mm-hmm. There's no way that she can get those bars pried away yeah. from her ribs without probably killing herself in the process. Well, not like that. Like I said, like the... For that one, that whole trap's stupid, too. It's like, well, you gotta stick your hand in the acid to get the key, but you better hurry because the key's gonna melt in seconds, even though this tape is taking... You know, the key's been in there since you woke up because the, the plunking of the key in the acid yeah, just woke her up. Um, and the tape is like a minute and a half long, so it's like, that key should be gone by then. Probably. <laughs> if you were... If you were listening. probably don't have much time. Or even if it's not, then all the the uh, um, whatever they call them, the little tines on it are not going to work in the, in the thing <laughs> the, anymore. Yeah, been corroded away. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I just thought that was stupid. Yeah. And I thought the whole, like, when she realizes her trap's a trap and she can't get out of it and she's like just... Gives up, you know, like puts her arms out like she's fucking, you know, Christ, like oh, Jesus, like, Jesus like, uh, no, symbol. I'm being, you know, sacrificed, and I accept it. Cause she sees Amanda, and she's like, because she, you don't see Amanda, but she's like, you, you know, you know, it's her. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you would know it's her from the beginning. Well, yeah, no, I know. The, there's yeah. the second film. Yeah, there's no real question. I don't there's... think they. I I think it was kind of stupid that they actually didn't show her because you already, yeah, you, I mean, you already know. There's she... no real point to that part of that. Yeah, yeah but, I don't know why they did that. But I just thought the whole how she just you know was like you know like oh, I'm succumbing to my fate. You know. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was stupid. I thought, and I I thought the school one was stupid. The hooks just mainly because the, ed- the editing. Yeah, you hate that, like, jumpy editing. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And this film, like I said, this this film, part of the problem I have with it, takes the shitty parts of the first two films and amplifies even more. And that's one of them. They f- amplified that editing even more. It's like Daryl Lynn Bousman, like, doubled down. Like, he's like, people were bitching about the green lights 
And, you know, and the shaky cam editing and the frame, you know. Yeah. I'm going to add 15 minutes more of that. Well, you, at least you do get a blue scene. Like a Which was nice. blue scene where Which it's was... set in the freezer. That's totally blue. There's no green in there. I know. That's why it was nice. That it was, is nice. It was refreshing. I felt like I was in a Take 5 gum commercial, <laughs> you know. What about uh, what about the scene with the with the pig grinder? I thought that was just stupid. Well, it's a little bit different than what we see from traps, though. At least that one. Again, I mean, I like not... I like I liked it in the sense that like it's winnable and it's it's winnable in the sense that it's relying on you know Jeff to do it, but it's not like it's grow it's it's. <sighs> I'm trying to think. I think I think it's. I do like it, but at the same time, I do think it's kind of just stupid. Yeah. I just... I think part of what makes it stupid is, like, some of the editing. Like, how, again, they go back to the, how the shaky cam and... Yeah. The, you, you know, that overly, like, trying to be, like, it's frantic and manic, even though you don't need it. You All you need is the, you know, just the slow build of it, of, like, you know, the pigs being grinded and Jeff, you know, showing Jeff having that, like, you know, like... Emotional I, struggle of like you know you could have done something but you don't. I don't know if I want to burn my my kids' toys. Yeah, but I mean, but I do like that the fact that it's not like it's not a gore. It's not a gore. I think the fact that it's that is gross. That would I can only imagine what <laughs> that room would smell like. Oh yeah, I would probably be vomiting all to hell, like just from this. I'm sure. I'm sure. So I that yeah, I so in a sense, like yeah, I, I like I do like that Again, a lot. Yeah, it's more of a like a psychological thing. And you're not getting a whole yeah. lot of like blood and guts. Which I'm not saying like I don't like blood and guts in my movies or anything like that. I don't I don't mind the gore in Saw Three, but often Saw will go for those easy like here's a really brutal scene where we're gonna crack some bones. And that kind of occurs a lot throughout the series and you don't need to see all of that all the time. It's kind of nice to see something psychological where we have, you know, the freezer section where that is really psychological of, like, how would that feel to be frozen solid? And not only that, too, to go off of that, like, uh, it, she is totally naked when she's strung up and chained in that freezer. Yeah. And it's not, and I'll give them credit, because I got a feeling a lot of other horror films wouldn't be able to restrain themselves and sexualize it in any, you know, no. set. it's, you know, very... yeah. Even the vagina is hidden, like the vaginal cleft and stuff like that is kind of hidden, so you really only get a shadow of that, so it's really, really not meant to be sexualized. But even still, like, I mean, like, I, like, just like, yeah. you know... There's nothing do... sexy about that scene at yeah. all. Yeah. So, and I, I totally give him credit for that, because I think, like, other horror films would somehow be like, oh, you know... Well, she's in there naked, we got in the freezer, we got... Give her, you know, total tit hard eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. make, gotta make it titillating for the audience, damn yeah. it. But, yeah. Nope, that one is not. That one is not. What about... Okay, so you have the biggest problem with broken bones because of your accident when you were younger. So how did you do with the uh, the the breaking bones with uh, the the uh, actual driver of the, the vehicle that killed Jeff's son? Or, I didn't think it was that bad, actually. Yeah. Not um, too bad. I mean... Um, I actually thought the most brutal one to kind of watch, and I even still didn't think it was like that bad, was the Schoolhouse of the Hooks and him yeah, pulling them out. That's I think. tough, yeah. That was, you know, yeah, that would totally... Especially st- the Achilles heel ones. 
That's rough. Well, the mouth would have been just a... Yeah, the yeah. mouth one. They, but he doesn't actually get to do that But one. I know, but they all that all would have sucked. You know, having to yeah. rip chains out of your, you know... But... Yeah, no, I would say that was more kind of... Especially because they focus... And that trap, they definitely focus more on, like, watching him, like, you know, pull all those hooks out of him. And his, yeah. and his reaction. And yeah, the... With, the, with, the, with the torture rack of his, you know, the driver... Timothy Young's bones getting like you know slowly twisted and snapped. They don't really focus on that much. They're focusing on Jeff and his reaction, the judge being like, "You gotta do something!" And instead of him trying to do something, you know, he's just like, "You're the only one, Jeff, that can save him." Yeah. Even though you he could have done something productive too, but uh, I I think they don't you know focus enough on that. So I think uh, yeah, that's that's actually pretty tame on the whole. Yeah. It is pretty tame. Go, I mean, on the, you can see on the, a little on bit the gore bones, level, yeah, but, but not not too much. Yeah, you know, nothing like straight shots of yeah, it happening yeah. or something like that. So, which would be a little bit more difficult. Um. So overall, I mean, what? It, so what? What would you th- what would you say for Saw Three? Hmm. Did you like it less than Saw Two? Yeah, should preface it with that. Yeah. So less than Saw Two and Saw Two less than Saw One. I'd probably give this a four out of ten. What would you? What would you? What did you give Saw Two? Five, five, five out of ten. So you give this one I get, a four and I gave, out of ten. And I gave the first one a six. Um, well, I like I th- and we haven't touched on some of the stuff. I I do think Tobin Bell is good. Mm-hmm. I think he's still good. Yeah. I and they do give him more to do in this. Um, so I like that, and it's I do think. Shawnee Smith kind of as Amanda comes out of nowhere with her character kind of because in the first film she's there for five minutes just to explain some of Jigsaw's bits. In the second one she's his accomplice but at the same time you don't know that until the end even though if you're paying attention you know she's the accomplice throughout the entire film. But she's just basically like it's all part of the game. Gotta follow the rules. You know that kind of cliche bullshit. So in this one she's given more to do but at the same time her kind of like frantic manic like smarty assiness in the beginning and it just kind of neurotic stuff that she comes well the neuroticness makes more sense but like in the beginning how she's like such a smart ass and like when she's like explaining to Lynn like I see you looking at that axe you probably could kill me I would probably try to go here and like kill me like this or do it like that you know or maybe you don't want to do that because John might see it he might get upset you Uh know and I, I'm not blaming her for that. I think that's more they, you know, they didn't, ex, you know, do much with her character to begin with in the first two films, and now in this one, it's like she's one of the main focal points, and it's it just comes off as weird because it's like, well, you know, we just don't really know that much about her, and then all of a We're sudden, do something with her now. Yeah, um, I thought the actress who played Lynn, Bahar uh, Sumer. I thought she was god awful, <laughs> um, terrible, and the same thing with Ang- Angus McFadden as Jeff, fucking wretched. Um, I, I th- yeah, so I thought like, the, and I thought this acting in this film was worse than last film. I thought at least you know, there are at least like a few like likable people in that. Yeah, and you get more of them. I mean, you have more people that yeah. you see throughout the film, and this one you really only have the. Four that you get throughout. I mean, other than that, there's they don't stick around very long. Yeah. So, but and, and then 
And also, like, I like, I do, like, I like the idea of, like, how it is trying to get bigger. And how everything, you know, kind of connects. And how it does connect back to the past. I like that. Because that's, like one, like, one of the things, like, about Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, as we said before on here. One of the great things about Halloween 2, why it's so great, it picks up right after the first, you know, first one. And it just keeps, you know, keeps plugging away. Yeah. So I, I do admire and like that about this film. It, like, it's picking up right off their Saw 2, and it's, you know, trying to con- connect the dots, you know, along the way. But I think in this one, there's... The the you didn't I don't think you needed the whole Jeff bit. I thought that part of the game was was pointless. I think if you had just like the whole focus of the, just have the game be about Lynn, you know, having to help Jigsaw, you know, survive. You can even have and, her being the one that's really upset about the son. Yeah, or and. I mean, you can find a way to fit Jeff in there, like, maybe down the road in a different film, like, you know, to connect him back to that, but all you need for this film, like, is Lynn's getting tested, like, you know, you have to save Jigs- you know, Jigsaw for, like, a certain amount of time, you- and then have, like, the tension, the history between, like, her and Amanda and Jigsaw, like, just like how, because in this... Amanda gets mad and upset with Lynn because, like, Jigsaw, when he gets his lobotomy, basically, he's, you know, in his delirium, says, he, I, I love you because he's imagining his wife. And he says it to Lynn and not to Amanda, so she, you know, goes and has her, you know, emotional breakdown. And yeah. You can, so you can still have all that going on within that game. And that would be fine and be interesting, but... I, I think the whole Jeff part was unnecessary. I think it would be a much tighter film if you just focused on that one main game because you can still end up with the game for Lynn that ends up being the you know a game about Amanda and how true she is to Jigsaw and mm-hmm. how she's been impacted. Because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be like the main character in this is I from what I can gather from this is supposed to be Amanda. Yeah. About how I mean, it's from her game the how, whole the whole thing is. Yeah, her game. is her game and how her killing, you know, Adam from the first game to put him out of his misery is, is what she saw as a mercy kill has impacted her to, you know, how she is, how she's probably, you know, she's not killing, you know, these traps of hers are unwinnable because they're mercy, probably in her mind, mercy kills because she says people can't change. Yeah, they never change. So she's following, you know, you know, Jigsaw's plan for her to, you know, be having these traps to be unwinnable. It's because, in her mind, they're probably mercy kills because she's like, well, they're gonna end up, you know, in right. worse condition. She's got to do it, or else, yeah, Adam, he's gonna starve to death or whatever. Yeah, in the, and I think if you had that more, like, of a more, because again, if you cut out like the whole Jeff game, that's like twenty, thirty minutes cut out, and you can spend more time. With Amanda and how she's cheated yeah. in the other games. And then more about, you know, with Jigsaw and more and more about Lynn. And that makes it, you know, like, again. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're missing that part of it throughout this film to really connect the dots, to cement everything together. Yeah, when you're missing that and you try to put Jeff in there as well, and then Jeff's going to be missing something too because you don't have time to show it all. You just have a really quick snippet of like, oh, he was mean to his daughter. That's really all you get. And then the hearsay that, yeah, he's not very good to his wife either. You're missing all that too. So you're trying to cram a whole bunch of stuff into 
less than two hours. Just doesn't doesn't fully work. And I think isn't this the longest Saw film too? It was uh, like an hour and forty. It's uh, an hour and fifty. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it one. is the longest one or not. I don't. I, don't I think know I was. I, I think I was looking. I think most of them run around like not, like a little over ninety minutes. I think yeah. this one's a little. It could be. It could be. Yeah, it's a good. You know, I don't. I don't know them off the top of my head, but could be. I think I would give this a six, probably. Uh, watching it now again, I definitely don't don't like it as much as Saw Two. I think a lot of some of it does get really dumb, uh, dumbed down a little bit. Uh, very unlikely that some of these people would have actually survived to begin with for any of their games. Like I said when we were watching it. Um, Donnie Wahlberg's character Eric would definitely never have been able to chop his own foot off break, with a cement yeah, break, yeah, break block his, and then break, break it off and like like it was like a he just broke it off as a piece. Nope, never. He would definitely pass out before that. Well, as I was, we were saying with like the first film with Carrie Ellis, when he was cutting his you know through his ankle, yeah, he, he, like no, you you halfway through trying to cut through your ankle, you would yeah, you know, I can't imagine pass. you wouldn't at least pass out a little bit there. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you like you said the the frozen lady. It's hard to say if she would have ever actually survived to actually play be be a part of the game, or else he would just walk in and she's frozen. She would succumb to hypothermia before that. So it's hard to say. Um, so yeah, I mean there are some some things where it really makes you question the reality of the situation. Um, but I, yeah, I mean I still. I remember seeing it. I have some nostalgia for it, but it's not one of my favorites in this genre. And we're getting to the point where I don't actually remember the plots of like the next films that much because it's been a while since I've seen them and I haven't seen them multiple times. I think I saw them once in theaters and then really that's about it. So we're getting to the point now where I don't even really remember it that much. So it'll be uh, a fresh way to watch those the rest of those films and kind of come back and compare them and see how, aren't, aren't, how we feel about them now. Aren't you getting really annoyed by this point by that editing and by that fucking green lighting? Yeah, I mean, I could see it, but but at the same time, if you're making a sequel to Saw and all of a sudden you stop doing that green lighting, it's going to be weird and jarring for the viewers who are used to it for, by now. I would be like, thank God. <laughs> I, when, well, once you get to when like, the mo- when the mo- when they finally stop doing that, I'll be, it'll be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like that's like if you took Friday the Thirteenth though, and you said, yeah, nope. actually, we're not going to do a, a forest anymore in the woods. We're going to do like Arctic snow. Well, they did do that. They did Jason Space and yeah. Jason Takes Manhattan. But at that time, <laughs> Jason. T- well, and Jason Takes Manhattan for a long time. He's still set in like a yeah, the outdoors, yeah. so it's not really that much. That's jarring until he gets to the end and he kicks that boombox out of his hand. That's great. Um, but. Uh, no, I mean, I I can see why they stuck with it through the through they, the films. Yeah, they did because Daryl and Bowsman's directly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can I can see it because it would be jarring. It'd be like, am I watching the same type of film? This you know the same one yeah, but, in the series. I, yeah, but that's got to happen eventually because he, if you keep sticking to it the entire time, it becomes expected. Even if it's well, even then, even if it's like something good that people like, that's you know, it, it's boring. it's gonna wear out its welcome. Yeah, you know. So I, I imagine, I hope and imagine when the next director takes over, they, you know, are like, all right, here's some of the shit we're getting rid of. Yeah, and, that's true. And that's one of them. Um, 
Which I don't think is still Saw 5. Yeah, Bousman will be back for Saw 4. Um, and then David Hackle takes over for Saw 5. So, I, honestly, I can't really remember. So, it'll be a surprise for us if we do switch out of that pukey green lighting. Um, it's more the editing. The, yeah, and the editing, the yeah. jumpy, really quick shots and zooms. and. Another thing I want to add is the way Jeff kills Jigsaw. That is hilarious. With a circular saw. Because he pulls that out of nowhere. He's, <laughs> it's hilarious because Jigsaw's telling him you can, you know, all you need to do to win this game is forgive me. But there's also a bunch of vicious implements. <laughs> Strewn around the yeah, room that and you can grab. That you could grab to use on me. The choice is yours. And he, yeah. he grabs like a, you know, a buzzsaw blade and he's like... And you think he might grab that, you know, and like, you know, slice, you know, Jigsaw's throat, but he's like, no, I forgive you. I forgive you. And he sets, you know, he sets it down, and then Jigsaw smiles, and then you, it cuts to him, like, just all out of nowhere, a fucking big circular saw. He's like, I forgive you. And then, like, you know, his wife's like, no, don't do it. It's, you know, I'll die if, yeah. you know, and he slices his throat. Oh, it's, you love that scene. That was hilarious. That was funny. That was great. Just like looking at that, it's like, where the? I know that she had to perform, you know, surgery on Jigsaw, you know, to relieve the pressure in his head and the brain. But I, where did that big ass circular saw come from? <laughs> I know. It, it didn't show that before. It's like he pulled it out of his back pocket. Like, I thought that was great. <laughs> Some topical news for Saw, though, is that Saw 8 has begun shooting. Ooh. Uh, that was just a few days ago that Ooh. that came out. So, Tobin Bell signed up? I don't know. That's a good question. I- I'm assuming. but I will say, like I said, even though I've, pra- I've praised... This is one of the few actors I've praised. I think Tobin Bell's done a good job. Um, I don't understand how he's become such, like kind of iconic because he hasn't really done like I said he hasn't as much as I like him he hasn't done anything really throughout the films he's yeah I mean I don't know if he's gonna come back or not for the film I know that they haven't announced anybody that's in it yet so kind of hard to say but uh, it'll be interesting probably got nobody then yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do with it and uh, it'll be interesting to see what you think of software when we come back and it won't be next week, but it will be the week after that because uh, I won't be here next week. But um, we'll continue our Saw series with Saw 4 in the next episode, um, which will be episode 41 because we're on episode 40 right now. Woo, the big four. Yeah, we hit it. Um, and we'll continue with Saw until we get done with it. We're going to go through all seven. So even if that means that we're not going to finish it by Halloween, we will continue. We'll push forward. You're going to see all these films, oh, Martin. I can't wait. You're going to see them all. Can't wait. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping the next one. I They get better? I don't I think at least one of them I'm almost better. thinking, like I said, I think when Saw 5 rolls around, that'll be the one I'll probably like. Like, new director? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You may actually just kind of like the yeah the new style or whatever they change in it. So Something. I don't know. Yeah. I'd it is kind of um, shocking to see, especially this early on. Uh, director kind of, ha- you know, having like three films in a row. Yeah. Because usually it's like, you know, the first couple have like a bunch of like different ones and then by like the fourth one they... They don't really stick around. Um, by know. the fourth one it's somebody and then they, you know, they're the ones that, yeah. you know, manage the series from there on out. Yep. 
Wow. So we'll be back next time. Uh, we got some administrative duties to do here. No, oh, yeah, your we favorite. Got to go into it. Yeah. Our favorite part. Got to get. I should just record myself doing it one time and just stick it on the end because you know it gets uh, to be a lot. But uh, uh, we uh, we <laughs> it's part it's part of the do, part right. of doing the podcast. That is right. If you can't stick around to give all the social media tidbits and whatnot, then you, sh- you shouldn't be in the business. Right. Um, so we do uh, have an iTunes account, and we encourage you to subscribe to that and give us a nice review. We appreciate it. Helps us get noticed when you review us. Um, so hopefully you can you can give us some a nice rating on there and uh, subscribe to us so you get all of the latest updates. Uh, if you don't have iTunes, we are also on pretty much every other podcasting software that you can think of: uh, Stitcher, Blueberry, um, you know, anything that you use, we're on. Uh, anything for Android as well. Uh, so subscribe to us on that. If you can, leave us a review. Uh, we have a website. It's uh, bloodandblackrumpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, I do post updates every time we do a new um, episode. So they will go up on there as well. Um, so you can subscribe to that on WordPress. Um, we are on SoundCloud. SoundCloud is where our episodes go up first, so they will be there before they get on iTunes just because of the RSS feeds and and how that works. So you can follow us on SoundCloud. Um, Make sure to like and reshare our episodes so that we get noticed by other people on SoundCloud. That's that's very helpful. Um, And if you don't want to do all that, you can just add us on Facebook. Um, We are on there, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Search for us in the Facebook bar. We appreciate likes, shares, whatever you want to do. Talk to us on Facebook. We will certainly um, comment back on you. We are also on Twitter. I made a, a Twitter account for us, uh, which we don't really use all that often. Martin's supposed to be the uh, the person who runs that, and he doesn't right now. So uh, I try to do it as much as I can, but I have my other Twitter account, so it's hard to do. But we are at Blood N Black Rum, um, and that's because Twitter you know, limits how many characters you can have in your fucking username. So I couldn't add those two extra characters that I really needed. Uh, but we're on there. Please tweet us. Um, you can retweet all of our tweets and we'd really appreciate it. And, um, what else we got? Did I hit everything? Yeah, that's good enough. Pretty much hit everything. You can donate to us on PayPal or Patreon. Uh, Patreon is on our website. So if you want to donate anything, we would appreciate it. It helps with, uh, all of our beer costs, beer costs, and the hosting for SoundCloud. So that's very helpful for us as well. If you donate, we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our episode and to our Halloween series. Make sure to catch the other two episodes in the series so far that we've done. And we will be back in two weeks for Saw 4. Thanks a lot. Take care.